The Pace Line is produced by The Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm your host, Patrick Brady, and each week we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. This week is a tandem episode. My guest is Miguel Crawford, the organizer of the Grasshopper Adventure Series. The Grasshopper Series began back in the 1990s as a series of monthly training rides meant to get some local riders in Sonoma County into shape for summer racing. They would gradually ramp up distance and climbing from January to June. In the more than 20 years that the Grasshoppers have been held, they've gone from being an entirely underground event to an important piece of training and racing for the likes of Allison Tetrick, Ted King, and Lawrence Tendam. With their growth has come a greater level of organization and an expansion of where the races are held. I decided to catch up with Miguel to learn more about the changing face of the grasshoppers. Mig, thanks for having me over, man. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's great to sit down. It's been too long. Much too long. Yeah. Um, pandemic. Weird stuff, huh? Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've seen the, the new schedule for the Hopper series, and I've been wanting to sit down and talk with you um, about the Hopper's from a standpoint of kind of craft, you know, what it means to put on a good event. Um, something that challenges people beyond just, Oh, you need to go hard now. Um, but this coming season is going to be, uh, significantly different than any hopper season in the past, save the weirdness of this year. Um, there were only two events on there that were, you know, that are longtime grasshoppers. Um, you've got Lake Sonoma and you got King Ridge and all the others are three years old or less. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, it's been changing little by little. You know, one of the biggest shifts was when uh, the county didn't allow us to use old Casadero Road. You know, it had always been in the same condition, but whether they had got a new person at the county or concerns by the neighbors at being closed, closed, mm -hmm. uh, that was off. And having this success of Low Gap gave me the confidence to be like, yeah, you know, I know a lot of other great places to ride to start doing that. And, uh, you know, one, it's refreshing for me to go someplace new to make uh uh, friends with people and, and groups just a little bit outside of Sonoma County. I've spent a lot of time in Mendocino County and went where my wife was, was from and in Humboldt County where I went to school. So that's, I've always gone north like mm -hmm. myself to ride an adventure. Um, but seeing the, the success of, of Logap and then having done like the Mendo Hopper and things like that, um, you know, I can continue to do what I like to do, which is spend time finding new places, connecting things that most people wouldn't see. I mean, ever most people, there's been, each time we go, a couple people have ridden those, but it's always, you know, 
um, you know, a sense of discovery and still within striking distance of the Bay Area, which, mm-hmm. which is, which is great to me, you know, and, and for me myself as well. Now, uh, one of the things I'm curious about is how things have changed for you over the years. I mean, I wasn't at the early grasshoppers much to my chagrin. Um, I've often kidded that if I'd, uh, if I'd moved to Northern California, Instead of Southern California, when I first moved to California, I would be an OG grasshopper guy. I would have jumped into those the moment they started happening. Um, the appeal of those, well, it never needed any explanation for me. But as I understand it, early on, those were pretty bandit events. Um, you know, no, no course closures, no, uh, no approvals from county entities, anything like that. So... In terms of making these uh, more traditionally run events, where have the biggest challenges been for you? What has most surprised you in uh, making these uh, events a, a little more, um, well, for want of a better word, legitimate? Mm. Well, I could speak to the logistical challenge and to the personal challenges. You know, for me, I, I'm a person I, I don't like structure and rules and to just have them that that's really true to my heart um just to show up and to do it um back then though i didn't have kids i didn't own a house i didn't have things that you know made it really important to make sure your ass was covered and there's small enough that i wasn't concerned about the 50 people you know i'm not that i wasn't concerned but we were just looking out for each other <laughs> so one thing is each little step being able to stay true to myself. I know even as I, it went from being free to five bucks to 10 bucks that some people stopped coming like, Oh, it's not what it used to be, <laughs> you know? And even now that it's going up to, you know, setting setting a, a price that it needs to be right now this year, which is a lot more than it has been in the past. Um, the cost of things. So that's been hard for me to, to look at it, running it, um, as a business and to doing a budget and to being realistic about how much time it takes me. Um, it was the year that going into the pandemic when I had Austin McInerney, my goal was, okay, Austin, help me out. We're going to really keep track of how much time I spend, um, what it costs to do this. Am I making any money at this? Because, you know, it's evolved where, yeah, it was work before, but I would just have the roots and the laminate and we'd have some beer and stuff afterwards. It wasn't stress or time. And now I'm working every morning and every night and every weekend all year round uh, mm-hmm. besides my full time teaching job. And it's you know, that's gotten to be that's gotten to be hard. Um, it's still really exciting and rewarding to me. Um, so back to your question. I mean, that's a little bit on, on the personal end of that. And so it has to keep coming back to. You know, is it is it fulfilling me um, and is it worth the effort? You know, and each time there's an event and I get to see people and have that experience feel like we just did the USOL event and to see um, the community it builds and brings and, and the pleasure it brings, you know, that that's fun. That's great for me. And then I have, uh, you know, uh, Tara's working there. My kid's been helping out with them. And so that that's very satisfying. Um, as far as learning the the ropes of going through the bureaucracy and stuff, that's been that's been a challenge. That's been a challenge for me, I have to admit. And that's been one of the reasons actually there's less in Sonoma County. It's become very rigid. I mean, 
I have to do is, you know, go through the check off the same boxes as the Ironman would have to or, or Carlos for Levi's Grand Fondo, even though we're a much smaller event. So the CHP and dealing with Caltrans and the fire and whatnot. So, um, you know, in the end, it's it's worth it to put on a good event. Um, this year, King Ridge is, is a little bit of a, of a, you know, a test for me to see like, hey, is it worth it to do it in Sonoma County? Um, there's a lot of events here. And so. So we'll see. I don't know if that answers your question, but it's it's been it's been quite a quite a process and an evolution for sure. So you talked about you know you and putting on grasshoppers is a little bit like me and writing fiction. It's in the margins of my day, but it's every single day. What what is it you're devoting the majority of your time to? Is it filling out the applications for the permits and that sort of thing, or? God, the layers. Well, I mean, so, I mean, I, I create, I, I edit most of the web design stuff. I do um, the mapping. I do the social media. I do the emails. I respond to the emails. Uh, I'm coordinating with people who are helping me with the volunteers, the marshals, the bike shops, the feed zones, um, <laughs> the emergency people who are doing the plan. I'm doing that if there's any video. So, you know, today, I, unless I woke up and couldn't sleep, it was 2.30, and I worked from 2.30 to 6.30 on recreating my stop Strava route. So I had, you know, Strava events and posting to Facebook, and um, I've got a bunch of stuff to deal with my USA Cycling insurance permits tonight afterwards. So it's not any one thing, and it's got, I've been kind of scared to write down how much I do and how long it takes. <laughs> I almost don't want to know. I don't really want to know if I gave myself an hourly wage, <laughs> what it would be. Um but I am this year getting, I'm paying some people to help me with uh, some pieces of it so that I can be doing what I really need to do, which I want to be, which is the grasshopper to be at the press. I don't want to be, uh, I'm still the one shopping in Costco and giving up the goods. And like when people are throwing their beer cans in the garbage at the lunch, grabbing them out of there. Uh, I just want that I'm, I, I like to have my hands and stuff and it's hard It's to one, it's hard for me to delegate. It happens for a lot of people who start their own small businesses or even to have time. People have been telling me for years, you have to write down what you do and, and you know, delegate. I haven't been able to make time to, to, to delegate. When a grasshopper finishes, I'm behind on my schoolwork. So I'm getting caught up on my grading. And then there's a building project going home. My son's got a soccer tournament in Davis and then my daughter's. So that that type of thing. So that's... You know, so I'm a little bit of everything. It's hard. There's like little, there's chunks of it. At least I've understand the pace and the rhythm of getting ready for the series. Like I got started getting, I started as soon as school ended in end of May last year, mm -hmm. I started working on the grasshoppers and through the summer and through the permits. And, uh, I think we'll, we'll be in good shape before the new year. Um, but yeah, a lot of little details. And, and the part that is rewarding to me is, is right now it starts to come up. Okay. Yeah. This, you know, um, these folks are going to provide support and it's a, it's a new connection with folks and a new uh, nutrition product or, you know, reconnecting with Glenn at NorCal and having them there. So that's fun for me when mm -hmm. the pieces, the players start coming, we're going to orchestrate, which leads to this event, which for me is, is, is a real creative endeavor that happens if it goes successful in the day to know all those little pieces throughout the year that have led up to that. <laughs> But I'm just crazy. I don't know if I, it's, you know, it's pretty crazy to do like six of them or multiple. You know, I could see doing all this in one event. People have this cataclysmic, this is our event. Right. So that's what's the hard thing for me is I don't, they're like my babies. You know, I don't want to let them go. Like, oh, just do three. I'm like, oh, which one wouldn't I do? 
Uh huh. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. Um, but it is it's certainly a time of reflection, and this year with things being so busy, we you know, have a full schedule, and uh, we'll see how it goes. In terms of trying to get county officials and insurers and that sort of thing on board with what you do, where have the big challenges been? I mean, the first time I ever did Old Cass, I remember telling people, this is what I've been starved for my entire cycling life. An event that challenges me, you know, to my very core, but also, you know, is is pretty and fun and gnarly. I mean, it tests you 360 degrees. But also, I remember commenting to people, you know, the Fed would never, USA Cycling would never let something like this happen. I mean... I'd raced in, I don't know, eight states. And, you know, it was a lot of industrial park crits and things like that. Um, yeah, well, the rules, you know, and it's interesting, you mentioned USA Cycling. And so I remember when I started this, so that would have been in 1998. So let me tell you a story. So I've been a mountain biker through and through, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I grew up, and that's how I see myself. And and there was a local crit in Santa Rosa, the Twilights, which is over at Industrial Park. And so me and Leo Autori, mountain bikers for Johnny, said, "Hey, let's go race these. That'd be we hear they're fun." And uh, so we jumped in like the Cat Five or whatever, and we're warming up. And before the start, we went over into the field. This was by Dave Townsend's place in that area. There was no other buildings, and we peed. And we line up to start. And uh, we hear number so and so come over. You're like what? Like you guys can't race. Like. What are, you, what are you talking about? You peed in the field. Like, yeah, and? Well, <laughs> like, they were literally not going to let us race. I think we were both, like, I was 21 and Leo was 19. We're, like, never been to a road event. That was our first experience with a local criterium. Eventually, we said, you know, basically played the mountain biker. Hey, we're mountain bikers. That's you get Mountain bike races, you pee. And so, you know, those rules and those structures. And, and there's a lot of rules that are in there, you know, for the safety and for the well-being, you know, of, of the riders and the racers and where it goes. But when I started the events, um, it was in a set when mountain biking for me had always been, you know, big single lap, you know, races. And when you go to those, they were permitted and insured through Norba. But, you know, I did do some of the national races and those were those were OK, but I've never been one to really want to go to the big events and have the trade shows and that stuff. So, um, you know, the smaller category races and whatnot. So it, it was nice. It was a little bit uh, of a, you know, a youthful kind of a snub. It's like, ah, if you want to travel to where so-and-so and get your upgrade points going, go ahead. We're going to have this big, you know, lap and lap race. But if you look now, 25 years later, I use USAC for my gravel events because they have a non-licensed, you don't need a race license for that. Yeah. And they're great to work with. They're very responsive. The platform, it integrates with uh, Bike Ridge, which is awesome. But it's interesting to see now there's a drop down. They didn't, when I started looking at it, they didn't have a gravel, gravel category. Now there's a gravel category. I want there to be a category that says, gra- says hopper because it's kind of this <laughs> own genre. It's not quite gravel, you know, so... It's different. Anyway, so that, you know, part of it is part of the growing up part of that. It's, it's not so different than other things that we, we find in life when we, you know, get a mortgage and get a job. So for me to keep all these pieces kind of working, but to have it have that still feel 
of being a little rough around the edges and, and being rough and gritty and, and a real sense of achievement for that. And, um, I think we've done a good job, you know, with that, but it's really been like I, some people that whose opinions I really hold close and true to my heart. I've, I've bounced ideas off them throughout the years, like just making sure that I'm, I'm keeping my eye on, on what it is, the essence that, that, you know, I want that mm-hmm. to be, you know, things change, things evolve, things grow, but like, like being able to reflect since it's always been such a personal, um, creative endeavor for me, as opposed to I'm going to create an event and be an event promoter, which I, you know, I can't deny that I am now like being <laughs> like, like being, you know, keeping true to that has always been really important. Right. You, you kind of backed into an avocation. Yeah. 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 I did. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm thankful for that. It's been really rewarding. Um, I've learned a ton to have these sort of professional relationships, you know, as a teacher, it's a great job. It's very meaningful, but it, it's quite isolating and you don't have a chance to grow and learn new things besides what you're, what you're teaching. So for me to learn, I've looked at the challenges like learning to navigate the PRMD, the permit resource in Sonoma County and to work with um, the CHP. And so I've looked at, you know, you look at these folks who do these things, the same things if you're, if you're pulling a permit and you got to go to the County for your house, like people, it's, they work for, it's public jobs and learning how to just, you know, to, to navigate through that and to, and to work together on those things and try to use the skill set that I have to, you know, you know, basically allow, allow us to have these events. In working with Mendocino County and now Humboldt County, you know, what are the big differences? Uh, what, what is it about those counties, you know, and their leadership that uh, has proven inviting? Well, I mean, aside from the fact that it's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they're not, they don't feel the pressure of so many people. And that leads to, I mean, you, I mean, you really should ask me about Calusa and Glen County where we do the Huffmaster. They're even much, much less so. You don't have these big groups of cyclists. You don't have dense neighborhood populations where if there's cyclists that, you, that people are complaining Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the sign in Nicasio that was there for a long time where it asked cyclists to please be quiet when they ride by. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> there's yeah. people who live here, you know, it's just a little more relaxed. And you go to these places where they're happy to see people out using public lands and to enjoy it. Of course, there's, you know, you need your permits and your encroachment and stuff like that. Um, it's tricky when working with state parks. I have a couple of them with state parks because that's a, you know, a state park entity. Um, but again, it's me learning you know, what is required, what's, what's expected, and then realize they're doing their jobs and, and uh, to make sure that the other users are, are safe and look after. And um, the biggest thing is just getting ahead of a little bit, which we're doing better this year, and Austin's helping me again. I've usually been behind the ball, and we're doing a better job, so it's less stressful that way when all of a sudden you don't have this flag that, that comes out, you know. But Sonoma County, it's, it's just grown tremendously, you know. Um, and uh, you got these ferners moving in. <laughs> you know, the safety is really important. You know, it used to be, you know, like I said, 50 to 100 people and I knew most of them. And now, you know, I really take pride in that people hear about us and come from outside of the area. And, yeah, they're looking for a rugged experience, but also they want to make sure the course is marked and there's enough support out there. And if something does happen, you know, to to scaffold this sort of 
adventure experience where you don't have to be the seasoned pro to have the sense of like you did something really, really awesome and met a bunch of other people who were doing the same thing. So, you know, again, that's like, uh, that's just me growing up different perspective. My kids are, you know, 18 now. It's kind of like that sense of having, you know, you know, doing, doing it that way. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that really appeals to me about the grasshoppers and, you know, I've written this multiple times. Uh, I tell people, you know, you can't beat me at a grasshopper. You may go faster. <laughs> you, you may go a lot faster, like hours faster. Uh, you know, it's not uncommon for me to be five hours on a dent that, you know, Ted King was three hours and 12 minutes. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a thing. Um but the the thing for me is, you know, I love getting in a group and working with a group. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, what can I do? And the challenge of the grasshoppers has delivered that more than almost anything else I've ever done. Um, that's been one of the things that's so remarkable to me, along with the fact that uh, when people think of gravel events, you know, they think of uh, stuff like Unbound where... You know, it's 90, 95% on unpaved roads, whereas so many of the grasshoppers are maybe 70 to 80% paved, but linking up different sections of dirt. And so I'm curious, you know, with you now doing a lot more outside of Sonoma County, um, what is that doing in terms of the evolution of how you design courses? You know, since these are no longer, uh, to some degree, you know, really hard training races uh, for local riders to get ready for the mountain bike season um, and their events in their own right. Uh, what are you looking for? I mean, like Low Gap isn't like any of the Sonoma County grasshoppers in that it's, you know, you, you knock out all the asphalt. And then it's dirt until you're dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, I, where I start, and this is where I've always started, you know, if you start with the Gazetteer, which was how I did all my discovery for a long time with paper maps and whatnot, you know, and when I moved back to Sonoma County, having grown up here, and then I moved back in 92, and I was living off of Mount Jackson off West Side Road, and so it was a matter of picking off all the paved roads I'd never seen before, you know? And then starting to look at how to connect those and first looking how to connect them with county roads and looking at the county map. And then that led to understanding better than maybe, OK, here's this little piece of private that me and a couple of friends would do that those have never been in the event. So as I go to the places, I look at the county roads like for Humboldt County, I, I contacted the transportation department and they sent they kindly sent me a, a digital thing of their post mile markers of every road that's county. Because you don't want to take, you don't want to, in Mendocino and Humboldt counties and Trinity counties, you don't want to end up on a road you think's public and it's private. That there's a lot, of, can, there's a lot of cannabis, there's a lot sure. of cannabis there. And people who aren't doing cannabis, they want to be out there for a reason. So, you know, it makes sense to look for county roads. And so Low Gap is one where I looked at for years. I was like, wow, this is a dirt county road. Willow Creek is a dirt county road. Old Cass is a dirt county road. Sherwood Road that we just 35 miles. It's a dirt <laughs> county yeah. road. You saw it's a county road. 
Is it maintained? No. And thank goodness it's still a county road. Um, unfortunately, Kelly Road, the county people were quiet back when that happened and they let that just go away. We should have a county road that goes from Rockpile to Naples. That should be a county easement like Willow Creek. So I've always started with that and then um, had the confidence like, you know, with Jackson, which is oof, I'm working on it right now. It's complicated. Like, well, what if we worked with Jackson the straight demonstration for us in state? Could I cre- create a connection with them and the conservancy property? And so um, learning and having the confidence to then to work with, you know, uh, lumber companies and others. Um, and that's been, you know, speaking of, you know, the, the rewarding things in moving out, like our event you saw working with the Redwood Forest Foundation. That's that's been incredibly rewarding because, I mean, I mean, God, bikes have been my focus since 1988. Right. It's, it's a long time. And yeah, mm-hmm. I like to ride bikes like fitness goals. I want to want to be fit forever. That's my goal right now. I don't want to ride a lot and still be faster than all my friends. I still haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> but, you know, it's these events, you know, connecting people with the places um, is really is really important for me. And um, I'm going to continue to work on that. And, um, you know, it was that was your question. Like, how do I go looking for a route? And, you know, about 10 years ago, I saw what was coming with this and actually reached out to some folks who had events. And I saw people asking, well, you should go someplace and you should do an event. You should go do one in Bend and you should go to Boise and you should go to go to Park City. I mean, I had, I had roots drawn up all over the country where there are big events right now, but it didn't make sense. Like those are other people's backyards. The fact that everyone in their backyard, in their home, on their roads are making their own special events with their foundations and their nonprofits and their breweries and their bike shop is absolutely awesome. Cause it's about doing something really cool where you live and where you're connected to. I think that's what really brings authenticity. You know, I, there's events going other places that's kind of bringing that, but it, it's great when it, it comes up from, from that place. Yeah. I, I see your point. I've been really intrigued by what Michael Marks is doing with the Belgian waffle rise and going different places. Uh, Cause it seems like he's picking places where there wasn't any sort of movement to do anything there. Uh, and so uh, that opportunity to create uh, a, a reason for people to go there. I, I certainly have a lot of respect for. Yeah. And the demand is high. I mean, when you have events, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you look at, at, at a, a business model, I'm sure there's folks doing this. I'm not the businessman, but I'm smart enough to know if you have an event that sells out in 10 minutes, clearly you can have another event <laughs> really close geographically and time wise. Like that's, you know, and they're not cheap. They're selling out in moments. They're getting a couple thousand people and they have a waiting list. And so there's a lot of demand. So, um, I think that's what we're going to see over, over time. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really, it's, it's very cool, but it's very sur- surprising, not surprising to me. I mean, I know that people want this type of experience on bikes, so that mm-hmm. that's understandable, but th- that it's grown to that um, extent and that much, that demand is uh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, every time somebody says, oh, gravel, it's a flash in the pan, it's a fad. Um, yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I was riding dirt roads in Western Massachusetts on Victoria's CGs and sometimes uh, Woolburn Vulnerables with the steel belt in them. You know, I was I was riding all those dirt roads and that was, you know, 90, 91, 92, 93. Yeah. Um, I loved doing that. Yeah. 
And and again, I mean, this is a little bit curmudgeon we say with our friends. It's it, it's just bike riding. I mean, it's not just bike riding, but really it is. It's just bike riding. But now you have these capable bikes. I have a friend who she just moved up to Reno. And she's oh, there's so much gravel roads to explore. I'm like, yeah, from there to Maine. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. if you want to with your friends, you pick a spot on a map and you go and you set up your camp and you have your it, it, the potential is just. It, it, it not, I'm not talking about just about events, but people want to bike pack and they want to go just explore and discover whether you have the BLM land and the national forest. And it's, you know, it, and if you're, you know, heaven forbid, if you can ride a hardtail, then it opens up your options and you have suspension. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, there's there's lots there's lots to do. And um, yeah, I mean, when I was road racing, you know, all our communication prior to the race would be, OK, which Starbucks are we meeting at? Who's doing the actual driving out to the event? Okay, um, you know, are you doing both the the master one, two, threes and the threes? Or are you, you know, <laughs> those were the questions. It was really kind of simple logistics and not that exciting, not that sexy. Whereas coming up to a grasshopper, I'm in touch with a half dozen, eight people going, well, what tire are you running? Okay, what's what sort of tire pressure are you going to go? How low a cassette are you going to use? These are, to me, being a, a, a you know a dyed in the wool and bike geek. Those are substantive questions. Yeah, those questions matter. <laughs> you know, tire pressure at a crit. You know, everybody's running pretty much the same thing. You got a couple of crazy guys who are running one sixty, but everybody else is about you know eight bar, one hundred and sixteen, one hundred and twenty, right in there. Everybody's running the same cassette. You're going to be going twenty eight miles an hour. Somebody's going to sprint and win, and it's probably not you. Uh, and you'll have seen a bunch of shoulders and the backs of helmets and a few butts, <laughs> and that's about it. And I go and I do a grasshopper, and, you know, I think part of what, I, what appealed to me initially was that there was kind of a gentleman's agreement about them. Uh, you know, don't haul ass through a stop sign. Uh, you know, don't be an idiot. Uh, you know, watch for traffic behind you if you're in a pace line. All those things that you would do on a really, really hard uh, mm -hmm. training ride. Um, but here you're doing something way more taxing. Yeah. And, and the way I set them up, and again, if I go back to thinking of myself as a mountain biker who then was doing some races on the road for, for fitness and we ride road bikes around here. It's quite a different experience. I mean, it's, it's, you're doing Sweetwater and Skaggs. I mean, it's, you might as well be on a mountain bike. But I also wanted that, you know, part of it, too, was, if, I'm, if I remember this correctly, my process on rides, you know, you get into the winter, and those of us who were, who were getting into a winter season would do base miles a little bit easier. Inevitably, someone would be peaking in January, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they would just be killing you, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, this really messes up the dynamics. Do we let them go? Do we not? So that was kind of the idea. Okay. You know, like if you go up and you explode and whatever, no one's waiting for you that day. Like if, usually in friends, you do something stupid and you wait for them, but to have some rise, you're like, no, no, no. It's all, it's, it's, if you do that, I'm not, maybe not chase you, but if you blow up too bad. So also one of the other events, I think I like about mountain biking is the separation that happens quick, whether you're going for the whole shot or a big climb, there's this separation that happens quickly. Cycle cross I like, but if a cycle cross was three hours, like you'd go out, <laughs> but you wouldn't go out that hard, right? Right. But you, you get into your peer group really quickly. And on mountain biking, I love the pinpoint focus. So my, 
uh, arrival into, mount, into mountain biking came via team sports. So in basketball, I was a point guard. In soccer, I was like a, a, a center defender. In baseball, I was a pitcher and a shortstop. So that positions where you're focused, you're on. Like, you know, everything's like the last two minutes in a basketball game or you're pitching in, this, in the ninth inning. And so cruising on a road bike and a Peloton until something happens or covering attacks, like that's mentally, I just didn't, didn't, wasn't it for me, but mountain biking go and you better have done some efforts and you're in there and then boom, either you're going to stick it or you're going to blow up. And so when I started creating these events that were 60, 70 miles, I was still thinking, let's start it off like that. <laughs> let's go up Coleman Valley and down Willow Creek, or let's go up joy, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, and, I, and that, that's, that's kind of how it started. And the friends that I was riding with that kind of, you know, people were into that. I think if you just started a random event now and said, Hey, we're going to start with that. Actually, it probably would work. People are looking for hard things, but that, that's kind of how I came into thinking about the course design. And it all started in Occidental, you know, with Johnny and with Snap and those folks there that really would, you know, made me feel at home and it was a family. Um, you know, Occidental, I think there's six roads that come into Occidental. It's a fantastic hub. And so everything started and ended from there for 15 years, I think. And, and just for folks who uh, haven't visited this part of California, Gianni was the bike shop in Occidental. Snap was the owner. He's the president of the Gianni Club and kind of the godfather behind so much of what I understand to be West County riding. Yeah, Snap's been a person. If once you meet him, it's like it just makes you feel so welcome, you know. And when he had the shop, it just became one of those shops where we had barbecues and parties every Friday for several years, and we'd have shop rides like on on clockwork, you know, three days a week. And uh, this is back before back before we really have any trails out there. We didn't have access to the MRC, but um, you know, and the Ibis was in Sebastopol. You know, um, so, you know, salsa was happening with Ross and Bruce Gordon was around. And so there was just a lot of things going on in Sonoma County, a lot of bike, you know, you know, parties. I don't know if there were races and stuff like that, but it was, it was good, good bike culture vibe. So for for folks who aren't familiar with riding in Mendocino County or Humboldt County, these newer hoppers, uh, what sort of split are people going to see in, in terms of dirt to pavement? Yeah, well, they each vary. So if we think about our, the, the events this year, so uh, the first one is Low Gap, which, as you mentioned, starts out 22 miles of pavement and it's beautiful and rugged pavement and 22 miles of dirt and it ends up back at your car. So it's really just a perfect, <laughs> perfect one. It is an and, amazing course, but that opening climb... It's so hard. Oh, it's, it's so hard. But you drop into the icebox canyon in the valley. Um, so that's like a 50-50. Then the second one, we go into the Huff Masters. Huff Masters in February. And that's like, that works pretty close to 50% in the long one. Gravel to pavement. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's a really interesting course in that it's right off of the five between the Mendocino National Forest. We should be able to see some snow out there. Things will be green. So you roll, you're starting out in the, in the, in the, in the, in the rice paddy areas and you roll, get into the, it's kind of like the, the foothills of the, um, then when the new events that we're doing, well, Jackson Hopper, which we're doing, that's, I'm not exactly nailed that one down, but it works out as it was before. That's almost completely dirt. 
and it's almost all roads. Pretty much the course that you used before? That's my plan is to do it like that. I'm still working out the exact details. So. Wait, you said almost all roads this time? No, no, almost all. Well, they're almost all dirt roads. They're all dirt, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I remember doing the original Jackson Hopper yeah. and that section of single track uh, toward the end. Oh, yeah, that. It, it <laughs> may have broken me. Yeah, I heard some people. They, they're like that. You're like, hey, that might have been too much, Mig. That's when I knew I was onto something. When I heard that, at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, I agree. That's your sweet spot. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's a little too I much. did tell people it's a gravel ride, but if you have a good hardtail, you probably want to ride it. You did, and I did not, and so yeah, I suffered. Yeah, yeah I came. Uh, I suffered. Yeah, let's see. And then the one that's up in Humboldt. This has been, you know, for me when I think when I started to throw a gravel bike in my truck, which was a cross bike back then. That would have been probably like in 97, 98, something like that. It was going up into the Humboldt Redwoods area. We did this loop called Dyerville. And out of Arcata, where I lived for school, there's this Maple Creek loop, so some dirt and stuff back there. But always wanted to be up there. So I've been talking to uh, my friend Justin who owns a couple shops in Arcata and saw what he think, wondering what he thought. Again, kind of like going to this area, it's other people's things. You know, I'm like... I'm sensitive to that. He's like, no, it's a great idea. People would love it and to come. So it's part of the course of the of the tour of the unknown coast, which a lot of people know. It's the opposite direction, which makes more sense in my mind, because when you do get to the unknown coast, you're going south. So you get a tailwind of that. <laughs> yes. And I found some some sweet dirt on the east side of the Eel River. There's actually a county road. There's a seasonal bridge called bridge someone poured concrete in the eel river so when it goes down you can ride across the eel river near homes <laughs> and you ride some dirt over to scotia and then monument bear ridge which a lot of cyclists up there know it's mostly dirt up under the ridge so that one's a that's a beast though that's going to be just under 100 miles and like eleven thousand five hundred feet of climbing it's a, it's a beast and, uh, and what percentage of that is dirt uh, probably only 25 miles, 25% max on that. Okay. But it's, but, but still, it's rugged and remote. Wow. So we're going to do, uh, two or three segments on that. So that's another thing I'm doing King Ridge and also that, um, and this is one of the things about thinking fun and safety, basically things mm-hmm. that are super important. You know, now that we have the, the ability of timing to do segments makes a lot of sense. So people can do, there'll be grasshopper segments. There'll be grasshopper segments. I mean, they're not going to just be this little thing. They'll be hard, but it'll give us a chance to like, okay, not have it. You're pinning it on the most dangerous treacherous descent, right? For example, uh-huh. you're hanging out. You're, you have, you can stop at the beach. You're at this place. Hey, let's stop and eat something and look at this. Cause look where we are. So um, both those events will be like that. So you're talking about things being different. That's been thinking about, you know, what, again, what's fun <laughs> and what's safe, but what's still a hopper? You know, I have people that, that want to race and compete and they want to, they want to, you know, feel like they're getting that out of there. And for sure they will with 11,000 feet of climbing finishes oh with gosh. a, with a 3000 foot climb up Panther gap. I don't know if you've done that one out, out of I, you, Well, I've probably done it in the opposite direction. Okay. Coming doing. from there. Yeah. I, Cause I've done the tour of the end of yeah, the coast. Yeah. I was pinned on that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a hard climb. It's hard. And then you finish. I mean, you're talking about the, the high you've gotten from writing fiction. When you come down at, you know, mile 95, you get into the Rockefeller forest areas with just old growth and you're just pinned and cross-eyed and all of a sudden you're, you're amongst the, the ancestors. It's a, it's a, it's quite an experience. And I specifically in doing that, like the route and the direction, cause I looked at different things is I want 
that experience for people after being all day on their bike, rolling into that. And then we're, um, the plan is to have the staging and, and the party right there at, at, on the river. So, wow. I, that's the thing that I've honestly, I mean, I think I've written about the grasshoppers as well as anybody might, but even so, you know, I've really struggled to try to communicate to people, uh, what some of those views are, you know, you, you get to a place where you're completely shelled and, you know, your body is pretty well broken down at that point. And so you're even a little emotionally raw and you come into some of these views and it's just otherworldly. Uh, it's, uh, it can be a pretty profound spiritual experience. Yeah. And it's good for me if people come out of the area and do these. You know, a fellow, a friend came out from uh, Steamboat and Road and said that he had came out and did King Ridge, and the next week he was in the Pyrenees and was riding the Pyrenees. And people saying how amazing it was. Oh, he's like, you should have seen King Ridge. So to have it, it it's just <laughs> what I know and I love, and it's home. Mm-hmm. Um, but when people do go and do those um, for the first time or for you know the, they haven't done it for a while, it's it's striking. The the one of the things I'm really excited about on the monument pass is you get up on the ridge up above and you're rolling along. It's actually, you're not in the trees. A lot of the hoppers you're on the ridges, but you're in the trees a lot. So you don't get these expansive views on that one. You're looking Northwest and you see the mouth of the eel river looking in Ferndale and Eureka. And at the Uh same time, you see the ocean towards the, towards the lost coast. And it's like a big rolling um, grassland. So that's a, that's a pretty, pretty spectacular spot. But yeah, the views are there. And, and you know, Northern California, climbing is so different. Um, all the riding I've done in Colorado has been on my mountain bike, but I know I'm looking at like these passes, like when I did Pete's ride, which I had so much fun out of Tahoe, mm-hmm. but and climbing up Mount Rose, I hated that. It was like a two hour gradual <laughs> climb. Like, I don't want to see, like, I want to do King Ridge and Skaggs. I don't want to see the next turn, like mentally, for me as a rider, like like those big passes, I, I would I would morally be, they're murderous. They're really murderous. I've done a lot like of riding be, in the yeah. Alps, and yeah, you can see the road. It's like, well, that's how I'm spending the rest of my morning. Yeah, I think that's a. I need to go experience that just because I'm, I'm uh, you know, not wanting to do that. It, it, it's a different type of riding. The NorCal. It's like yeah. when you ride roads around here, you're kind of like, well, why did they go from here to here, and and why is it paved? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what you ask yourself, right? When you do Sweetwater, you're like, why is there a road here? Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What caused them to decide? There's no, a road I'll, along I'll the river. Over this. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, that is one of those things. Some of those roads are a little like the Segway. I would love to be in the boardroom with someone who said, "No, I've got it. I've got the. I've got a great idea." And yeah, Sweetwater Springs is one of those roads where it's like they thought, "What?" Yeah, yeah. And we have so many roads. I think the thing that people just take for granted me doing now is that like when we started doing King Ridge, people said I was doing it backwards. Like there were people that really got, got their feathers ruffled when we went the other direction on King Ridge. Like that's like, that's backwards. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) It's a road. You know, we started going up Myers grade or up Fort Ross and back the other way. And then it's just a switch. The same thing. If you ride your mountain bike trail, some people will never do their trails the other direction. And I'll yeah. go out and do the same loop and swip, switch it, and it's a completely different ride. Not just 
different, but like you, mentally, you're in a different place when you're coming to a corner differently. You have to you adjust your you know your shifting and your weight, and it's it's new, it's fresh. And for me, as a cyclist training, I was always never been like, okay, this is the hill. This is my five. This is my five minute hill. This is my ten minute hill. It's like I'd always be trying to do something different, for better, for worse. That's just like how I'm wired. So yeah. No, I, I, I get you. And yeah, I completely agree. I've never been one to object to out and back routes because once you turn 180 degrees, it's a very different road or trail. Yeah. Yeah. You rode a trail. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, spend a couple of minutes talking about some other things that are different, which I don't know if you looked yeah. at the calendar, right? So, um, Coming up this year, we also have uh, last year during COVID, which we didn't really touch on much, um, you know, that was a time to, you know, thinking, okay, no events. Okay. Yeah. There's going to be events. Well, maybe we'll do, we did, <laughs> oh, maybe I'll do a challenge. I didn't feel good about doing those. Just getting people out. I was concerned. Okay. We did a challenge and then we did a couple two days and people rallied, people came out and I did a couple two day events which were just fantastic. So we yep. won this year at Mendo Hopper uh, in early September with Matt Acarino cooking again. Nice. And then uh, we've got a trip to Girona working with Girona Velo, which uh, with Paul Whiting and, and, uh, and his partner, uh, business partner, Michael. And um, so people want to get on the webpage and check that out. Um, you know, there's lots more adventures coming up. I know I feel like the hoppers is something that's evolving and, uh, one thing you can just count on if you're coming to them is that they're going to be, you know, I'll put my stamp on the, on the route itself, which is what I, what I, what I really care about, you know, you know, uh, very cool. And we'll see. In fact, you, you spent some time with me there in Costa Rica. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, that most was... people don't think about Costa Rica as like a cycling destination, but there's lots of ride. There's lots of riding to do. You know, you struck a balance on the Costa Rica trip that I think most bike tours don't do a good job of. Uh, at least bike tours that are aimed at serious cyclists. Um, you know, a back roads trip has a little bit of everything. You know, it, it kind of hits all the different colors on a trip. And it's very well structured. But it's not well suited to a really serious cyclist. But I've done... A lot of tours that are aimed at very serious cyclists. I've also, you know, guided and or organized some of those. And usually the the cultural things and the other recreational things kind of go by the wayside because after 85 miles and 8,000 feet of climbing, you may be a little bit done. Um, but what I loved about your trip was we still did you know, a lot of fun other stuff. I mean, there was that that walk that we did through that rainforest with all the different flowers and everything. Yeah, those hanging bridges. The, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I still go through those photos and it's like, holy cow, that was something. Uh, and then the, the zip lining, which was uh, maybe not quite like they would do in North America, um, but uh, that We're was... Repelling down waterfalls. If yeah. I remember correctly, didn't we have like an 8,000 foot descent and then we jumped right into the, the waterfalls and then the storm hit, right? It was... Yes, <laughs> yes. It was uh, torrential waterfalls coming down. I was wearing my rain jacket at the top of the mountain yeah. and still wearing it at the bottom. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Costa Rica is a good place that way. So working with Explora Natura again with Masi and um, for me, it's a, it's 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 kind of back to the discovery part yeah. of writing where yeah. you can just pull out a map and you can say, I think I'll go from here to there. And uh, so much of it's open space. So that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well. I, I look forward to the next season for yep. you. All right. Well, Patrick, we'll, me. we'll see you there in Logout. Thanks for your time. I want to thank our guest, Miguel Crawford, for joining me on the Paceline Tandem. You can learn more about him and the Grasshoppers at grasshopperadventureseries.com. There will be a link in our show notes. That's a wrap for this show. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, I hope you'll leave the show a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week. I'm Patrick Brady, inviting you all to enjoy the ride. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.